84. 84, that's a special number, isn't it? No. That's the square root of... It's the square root of, of what? It's the half... It's half of... Um, it, it's the... Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What a week. Listen, look, before we, before we go into this week, which has been, I think, really full on, Maureen, I'm going to totally let you go guns blazing in a minute, OK? But let's save some of it. So let's firstly... Let's talk to Alison, for the, for, for, please, before we go into our week. Yeah, how was your week, Alison? Okay. My week was lovely. I had a lovely week, everyone. Thank you. Uh, what was particularly fun this week was I stayed at Jen's house. Uh, Jen was not there. Uh, we will find <laughs> out the Jen and Maureen adventure shortly. But I was at Jen's house. I had a lovely time with her family this weekend. We made gingerbread cookies. Uh, we, I, we had a lovely time. I had a lovely time in beautiful Brighton. One of our listeners, Claire, Claire, I know you're out there, came to the show at uh, Brighton Comedia. It was her birthday. So I just want to take a separate moment and say, happy birthday, Claire. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming out to the shows. And uh, it really did fill my heart with glee, or glee to meet someone who was like, oh, I listened to you. I was like, oh, oh my God, you know me. You know me. So uh, <laughs> happy birthday, Claire. That was the highlight of my week was was meeting you. So uh, I'm so glad I got to spend uh, your birthday with you. nice. Happy birthday, Claire, from all of us at WTV. I hope that you had a lovely birthday watching our wonderful friend, Alison June Smith, who is a dynamite comedian. Um, listen, a bit of feedback, Alison, and I don't want this to sound critical in any way, but we've had a look at the gingerbread biscuits. And overall, I have decided, what the hey-ho? Why didn't you put icing on them? There's not enough icing on your ones. They look so pretty. They've got like diamonds on them. They've got little shapes on them. A lot of thought has gone into them. Not enough icing. I'm so used to my children drowning the biscuits and you can't see it. So there's absolutely no... There's no aesthetic to it at all. It's just a mess. Yeah, I went more aesthetic. Yeah. Weirdly, Chloe's never asked me to make gingerbread biscuits. 
<laughs> Do you know how to make gingerbread biscuits? Absolutely no idea. That might be why. I'm going to put that out I, there. Yeah, it was. I don't know either. Uh, she did all the work. As I'm realizing that that is essentially what happened. I felt like I was a third child in your home, actually, Jen. She was like, no "Do you feeling. want your breakfast now? Do you want your?" And I was like, "Yeah, we yeah. all do. Yeah, yeah, we all do. <laughs> it's great." But what's great is you come down, you sit down. I mean, to be fair, when I this is when I'm not there because when I'm there, Chloe doesn't do any of this. I do all of it. Um, I bet. But if but I've heard. When other people are there, she'll yeah. sort you out with coffee, sort you out with the breakfast. But I'm there. That 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 doesn't happen. I do it, but um, it's fine because she does almost everything else. Um, but yeah, it's nice to be waited on, isn't it? It's nice. Oh, it was. We had a great a chat. What was it? Saturday night. We got a little drunk on some prosecco. We had a party, oh, kitchen party. We had a good that's time. Great. Yeah, yeah. But we heck. missed you. Was yeah. it the same without you? Boy, oh boy, wasn't it? It wasn't. <laughs> so, um, listen, Maureen and I went to, uh, oh, my God, where did we go to, Maureen? I've completely forgotten. So I went to Cardiff. I was in Cardiff. And then oh, I met Maureen. Then I met Maureen in Liverpool. And then from Liverpool, we went to Bangor. And then from Bangor, we came home. Now, the journey... I don't want to go into it right now. Because but it would have been quicker to have got flown to America, I think, than it I took think us we to get from North Wales to London. I think we could have flown to L.A. in the time that it take, took us to do those trips. It was absolutely the Insane. worst of times and the worst of worst times. Of times. <laughs> <laughs> but, can I, and, and I think we, we are going to go into this in a bit, but not right the second. Um, Maureen was the, the, so stoic. She took it. Like, I don't think Maureen complained. I don't, in fact, she did not complain once the whole way through what was a very traumatic two days. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I need to add and make this as crystal clear as I possibly can. And uh, uh, it was almost entirely my fault, everything that went wrong. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but, but it was. But, but it was, it was, and we will go into that in just a minute. But can can I can we just talk about our journey home, Maureen? So, so we'd had this absolutely traumatic time. We did have a lovely day, though. We had a lovely day with um, Annie and Tom. Didn't? Oh no, she's not called Annie. I call, keep calling her Annie. Her name's Rosie. But we stayed with this couple, Rosie and Tom, and I kept calling her Annie, and she wasn't answering. And I, I thought it's a bit rude. I'm just opposite the table. I kept going Annie, Annie, and then I said to my boyfriend, "What? what? Her name's Annie, isn't it?" He went, "No, it's Rosie." She took it Annie. very well, actually. I think she by the really end of our time Annie. there, she said to Maureen, I, I think I'm going to go by Annie from now on. So um, <laughs> anyway, so Rosie and Tom are friends of mine and we stayed with them in Bangor. They were very kind. Um, had a lovely and, day in Carnarvon. We went to Carnarvon Castle. I went to Carnarvon Castle on Sunday. So Sunday... Lovely Sunday dinner. Had a, uh, it was fine. So we woke up in a lovely cottage in Bangor. We had a lovely breakfast and then Rosie took us to Carnarvon Castle. We had a Sunday roast. And at five o'clock, which was the earliest train that we could get out of Bangor on Sunday, we took a train from Bangor. Uh, right, and Alice, it was, the it was the first train, right, for like a day and a half. And I joked to Jen, said, wouldn't it be funny if there was only two carriages? There was only two carriages. Um, <laughs> 
There was only oh. two carriages. The, the, the platform was rammed. rammed. Again, I don't need to tell you what happened with Maureen and getting on the train. So she did her bit. I was on, the f I was on first. <coughs> Got us a seat. Facing I never have to worry. I hang back. I hang, <laughs> I hang right back. Because I know the table, no seat, facing yeah. the right way. So uh, anyway, Maureen um, uh, gets us a seat. Anyway, we get to, from Bangor, we have to get to Chester. So we, this train, um, anyway, this train has its own problems in it's that it's rammed. supposed to stop at so many different places, but because it it, it, it... it goes one more stop, it can't fit anybody else in. So it just goes to Chester. So anyway, it doesn't matter. We we get to Chester, fine, okay? We get to Chester, we change at Chester, right? From Chester, we go to Crewe, okay? We get to Crewe, okay, don't we, Maureen? Yeah. We grab a coffee or a drink yeah. or something. And then from Crewe, our train is delayed. So we've already got our uh, the change between but crew and London. The train disappeared off the off the timetable. So, it was so like off, seven, oh yeah. So the the first train that we were supposed to catch is cancelled. So now all of a sudden we have to wait over an hour for the next train. We we sit ourselves down in a, 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 a in a like a, a waiting room. It's warm at least because it's quite cold outside. The train is delayed. Okay, so the train is delayed, and all this time I'm thinking I've got to get a connecting train to Brighton. And if I don't get that connecting train, I'm stuck in London. Well, she's got to stay at mine. As I said, I'm stuck <laughs> in London, OK? So when does it arrive? So it arrives about an hour after it's supposed to or an hour. So, no, so, so basically, we, uh, the train is now late and then it's late again. Anyway, we finally get on the train to London. Then, oh, my God, that train honestly was on Valium. Could it have gone any slower? I think we were an hour in Birmingham because we had to wait. It was the last train going to London. So it was like we had to wait for a connecting train, which I think we were an hour and over an hour in Birmingham. Look, I'm going to speed this really dull story up, OK? <laughs> I want you to know that there was a very tense time on the train when I didn't think I was going to get my connecting train, no, did I, Maureen? Yeah. So I was she like... She was not happy. Which was at 12.50. 12.50 a.m., OK? <clears throat> so anyway, I do, we get to London. I manage to get my connecting train. I get to Brighton. We have left Bangor at five o'clock in the afternoon. I arrive in Brighton at 2.30 in the morning. Two th five o'clock in the after, 2.30. Holy macaroni. Honestly, by the time, and also I haven't even told you what happened the day before. We're going to get to that in just a bit. Oh, yeah. Maureen is Maureen and I look like I don't know. I mean, I looked at Maureen's face and I was like, "Fucking hell, you've got to go to bed." <laughs> you look so. I've never seen Maureen look so tired. And ever. yeah, because I'd stopped talking by this point, and uh, so I'm tired. But by the last time we were on the last train, Jen and I had kind of stopped talking to each other. And we were just looking at TV on our phone. Yeah, we, oh, I, we I, both I, lost the will to live, which is perfectly reasonable, I think, because we had just at this point spent spent way too much time mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. on a train. Um, and Maureen got, we arrived on this train that goes from Crewe to, to London, Alison. And Maureen said, oh, I've got us a table. By the way, this, this carriage is empty. Maureen picks a table with somebody on it and says, you can sit here next to some stranger I don't know and I'll sit opposite you. And I thought, no, 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 no. I'm just no. going to go hide. I'm going to go sit in an empty, the carriage is empty. I'm going to sit in a chair here, Maureen, and you can sit there. 
And because uh, I said, look, we're not going to talk to each other now. We're at that point where <laughs> we've said everything that needs to be said. You know, it's 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 uh, we're we're at we're at an end. And um, and and I think Maureen was like, oh, I thought we would sit next to each other. I was like, no, 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 no. no. Want to sit next to me? I, you know, I I think that's fair enough. <laughs> On an empty carriage, so we did sit next to each other, but on like seats on the other side. So I was on one side and Maureen's on the other. So we still had that proximity, which 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 Maureen I wanted. I yearn for Maureen clearly. Oh, I forgot to tell you, we we went into one hotel in Liverpool, and they went, "This is the key to your room." He thought we were a couple. And we both went, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> Even if we were, we'd still want separate rooms, just so you know. No, Joe's like, I definitely booked two rooms. You've got, you've hit the nail on the head. What I think is so great is if, if you don't know the size of the UK, any listeners that we have outside of uh, England, even just, I just want you to Google the UK. I want you to see how small the actual island is, and the fact that it took them this long to travel from one to the other is a very. But do you know, you know, as a you know so Londoner, great. you you hear all this about how bad the infrastructure is outside of London, and then you try and travel to North Wales, and you try and travel from North Wales, and you realise they've got a point. The infrastructure is ludicrous, and we were talking to a guy, and he said it's always. Um, Two, two carriages on this train and he goes wait till you get to real once we get to real it gets really busy and like there was no room in the train and you're just like this is why people outside London quite rightly complain about the infrastructure because it is I mean you can't get from Cardiff to how long does it take from Cardiff to get to so from to, Cardiff to Bangor about five and a bit hours that's South Wales to North Wales and Wales <laughs> is a very small country yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just ludicrous. So the whole experience, trauma a go-go. Um, and I've... What, it's, look, I've, I still haven't fully recovered, Alison. Yeah, when I saw you, because I did see Alison on um, Monday briefly. I saw her the morning of the return. Yeah, oh, yeah. so I, I was... All, and I was shattered, wasn't I? But I saw you, and I still I don't think I was tippity-top. Well, absolutely not. You were still half asleep. You know what I mean? I felt even I felt guilty in being like, I'm sorry, I'm in the space. But it, you were lovely while you were dazed. I had a lovely time with you. Yeah, no, don't be dazed. I was like, I've got to get up because I've got to say hello and goodbye to Alison. I can't I let her so leave bad. the house without like, me. Oh, oh, you, you, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. I was living in your home. Yeah. Anyway, look, we had we all had weeks, and it's at this time um, of the show that we turn to Maureen Younger to find out what her be my money moment is. But on this occasion, Maureen, what are we doing? Well, um, actually, we did have a be more... In fact, ironically, we were discussing my be more Maureen moment for this week, and then Jen surpassed me with a be more Jen. And can I just say, like, before Jen goes into this, my advice is, in this case, do not be like more Jen. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. <laughs> I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't, under I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. So what was your Be More Jen moment? It's not Be More Jen. It's still Be More Maureen, actually. It's still a Be More Maureen moment that Jen did, actually. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Don't get arsy with me, mate. I didn't cock up. Yeah, <laughs> this is very true. I've got, no, I haven't got a leg to stand on. Um, so what happened was I had, 
I have absolutely no idea what day of the week it is ever at the moment on tour. So like from one day to the next, I've like every day for me feels like it's Friday. I just think it's Friday. Today's Friday. Even when I do a show on Tuesday, I'm like, it's Friday, right? I had this show in Bangor. It was becoming increasingly clear that I was not going to be able to get there. And if we got there, I was not going to be able to get back. So I had said uh, to Little Wonder, who promote my tour, we're going to have to pull that date because I can't do it. There's just absolutely no way for me to get there. Um, and they were really reluctant to pull it. And they were like, oh, well, let me speak to the to the, to the the venue, da-da-da. And I was, uh, I was getting more and more stressed about it. In the end, we realised that the show before that was in Liverpool, I couldn't get home from there now because there was no trains. So either way... I was going to have to try to find some alternative transportation. So in the end, I found, I was looking at car hire. It was insanely expensive. It was like £300 a day for a, a Toyota Yaris. And you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so for a Yaris. Yep. I did, I did uh, what I did last time when I, I had to hire a car. I hired a van because sometimes it's much cheaper. A little bit of advice there for people to hire mm. a van than it is to hire a car. So I looked at hiring a van and instead of being £300, it was 200 I was like, fine, I'll suck it up. I went to hire this car. I put all my details in. I, I booked the van rather. It won't take a debit card. I don't own a credit card, so I can't pay for it, but I've reserved it. And I book it for the latest time possible because I think Maureen won't want to get up early. So I book it for 12 o'clock. Okay. Um, we are... The next, so we are in Liverpool, we're having breakfast, and in my head, I've decided that I've booked it for 12.30. Okay? In my head, I'm like, I booked it for 12.30, so we don't have to be there till 12.30. Let's not worry about it, uh, Maureen. We don't have to be there till 12.30. But, no, I booked it for 12. On the way there, I look at my phone, and I realise that the car rental is closed. And it closes at 12 o'clock. Because oh. it's not because it's not Friday. No, it's not it's Friday. Saturday. It's a weekend. Yeah. So in my head, because all of my shows are all muddled up, I'm like, I don't know why I thought this, but I was like, today is Friday. But in my head, Liverpool was Friday. Liverpool, what? But the show was on Friday. But the next day, day is Saturday. You absolute yeah. prick. It's still, it's not Friday the next day, but because I was looking in my diary going, oh, I'm still in Liverpool. What day is Liverpool? It's Friday. In my head, we could pick it up at 12.30. Anyway, the shutters were down. There was no van. They didn't call me to say, where are you? They just closed the shop. So there was nowhere. We had no car hire. So all of a sudden, we had no means of getting to Bangor, getting home or, or anything. So I'm like, holy shit. But the train strike has been called off, we find out. So there are trains. And there are trains back to London. You could get back to London easy peasy. So that's actually okay. But can we get to Bangor? Because now it's too late to pull it. I can't pull Bangor. It's too late. Because it's tomorrow. So Oh, it's that night. Oh, that night. Yeah, it's that night. Although you can pull it. You because when I had COVID, don't have I pulled the days it. Right. I still don't have the days right. <laughs> I still don't have the days right. Uh, yeah, now, go on, great. In, yeah. in hindsight, we should have just pulled it. We should have just pulled it. We should have, because it was so, like it was, it, like. but we didn't know how insane it was going to be. No, because so we, we go, get a train to Bangor. So we go to Liverpool 
We go to Liverpool Central where they say, we're like, can we get a, a single ticket to Bangor? They were like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So we buy a ticket. I buy a ticket for Maureen as well. We get on a train, you change at Chester. We arrive at Chester. They're like, you absolutely can't get to Bangor. There's no trains. There's no trains. I was like, I'm so sorry, what? They're like, there's no trains to Bangor. We went, we bought tickets and they went, yeah, but not for today. And we were like... And, and I was like, but, yeah, but Maureen said, but we have bought tickets for today. He went, no, 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 no. What, did you buy it from a machine? And we were like, no, we bought it from a person. And, they were, they were, and then they said, well, they shouldn't have sold you tickets. And I said, but they did sell us tickets. And, they, and I said, well, so can I get a refund for these tickets? And he was like, you have to go back to Liverpool. I said, I, I'm trying to get to Bangor. I, I don't want to go back to Liverpool. I said, there's nothing for me in Liverpool. I've got to go to Bangor. He was like, well, nothing I can do. All of a sudden, we're in Chester. We've got no, no way means. to get to Bangor. No ways to get to Bangor. We look at, we try to find a bus. It would t- it's three buses to get to Bangor from Chester, and it would take f- four, hours and f- hours. four hours and 50 minutes, actually. Oh, was it four hours and 50 minutes? I was like, if we miss one connecting bus, we're stuck in some buttfuck nowhere in North Wales. <laughs> like, no hope. So then I phone um, Sam at Little Wonder, and he's like, can you... Can you stomach paying for a cab? And I was like, oh, my God, this is financially now no longer worth doing this show at all. We find out it's 130 pounds, 130 quid to get to Bangor by cab. So I was like, fine. I guess I'm just going to have to pay 130 quid to go to Bangor. <laughs> That's the most a, anyone's ever paid to go for to a Bangor. show that I'll be honest with you, has not sold well. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really honest with you. Not big in Bangor. Okay. That is when because I'd left a message because we we're staying with some friends. I'm staying with Tom and Rosie and I'd sent them a or message Annie, to say I like to call her. Um or, or, or Annie as Maureen insists on calling her. Um uh and I'd say, look, I don't know if we're gonna make the show because uh, we're staying with them, so I wanted to give them a heads up about what they were do- what we were doing. So I said, Oh look, I'll keep you posted, but at the moment we're stranded in Chester. I'm just trying to figure out how I can get there. And then I got a message saying, we will come and collect you from Chester, Alison. And that's like an hour and a half each way, isn't it? Or something like that, the drive? Yeah, it's about an hour and a bit each way, yeah. Here's the thing, they know. They know the pickle you're Good in. People. They know. They've probably been in that situation themselves because, as Maureen pointed out, the infrastructure outside of London sucks. What wonderful human beings. They're wonderful. Wonderful human beings. So we went, and it, it, my anxiety levels were through the roof because one, I was like, I, I and also I'm very, I'm acutely aware that when we get to Bangor, I don't know how we're going to get back. But I was just like, we've just yeah. got to get there. Yeah. We've just got to get worry there about now. That later. And worry about how we're going to get back out. I mean, you already find <laughs> out how we got back. It was not fun. So um, we finally get to 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 um, Bangor with with no time really so we arrive quickly grab some food and then and then the show happens but a boy oh boy boy oh boy and if i'd had a van yeah yes it would have been a six to seven hour drive for me home but i would have known that if i left that point i would have got home at that point do do, do you know what i mean whereas the journey the next day was a nut, and the irony, um, Alison. We were discussing our because Jane was like going to stop off from Liverpool to North Wales. We were going to visit a castle. We were going to have luck, and while we were discussing all this, the actual shop was closing. So, <laughs> and our beautiful. Just if you're hiring a van, just always remember, or a car. I'm sure everybody listening already knows this. 
Hire places close at 12 on a Saturday. They are closed. Don't go at 12.30. They won't be open. Woo! Yeah! All right. So, what a... What a... What a... What a what a weekend! I took it in good stead. You took it in good heart. That is, that's a great be more that you did there, Jen. I also appreciate too. I want the people of Bangor to realize that uh, Jen actually almost paid more to perform for each and every one of you. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, that's how yeah, committed uh, she Alison, is. That's a bit to of a sore point because I think she did. You know, it, yeah, it was very expensive. It was. A, it was a very back. expensive. Very, very That's expensive. That, the universe is going to give you that and plus, Jen, way back. You watch. You those, It's okay. That... It's not me that they should be giving it to. It's Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not me. It's not Maureen that messed up. It was me. And so if anyone needs it, yeah. It's one of those things, you know, when you, you can only blame yourself. That's when it's really annoying. It's so much easier when you can blame other things. You know, I've, we've all done it when you think... The only person I can blame is me. That's a testament to your friendship. It's like putting together IKEA furniture, traveling on trains together. Well done. <laughs> You're right. Anyway, that was the be more. more all right, okay. So let's do, start again. That was the be more. Oh God, I can't even bear to say it. <laughs> the be more Jen moment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Now, I'll, I'll have one one day. I'll 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 get one. Listen, one day. It, it, eventually it comes to all of us. Sadly, look, we can't sit in this sea of like just absolute dysfunction any longer. We have to head over to Alison June Smith to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes, and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Well, you know what? The uh, problem we have this week, I think you you ladies would really connect to it because, uh, you know, you've been in big crowds. You've been around a lot of people lately, right? You've been forced on public transit to be smushed close to people. So uh, I think this one will be a good one for you guys. I think you'll relate to it. So uh, a listener came in, uh, or listener, a long-time listener, uh, and wrote this problem in. And I, we've sort of talked about this before, but uh, again, I just think this is a good topic to bring up for everyone in the state of the world right now. So this is what they said. I'm pretty sure I have mild social anxiety, uh, but I haven't gotten anything done about it as it's probably normal, question mark. How it affects me the worst is when I cancel plans. Specifically, I can frequently talk myself out of going to group activities if I don't know many people there. Once the opportunity is lost, uh, I usually feel safe and then really disappointed in myself. Uh, I like new places and exciting activities, but as soon as new people are involved, then my anxiety kicks in. So, social anxiety. Uh, I can really relate, you know. I think a lot of performers, we probably have a lot more social anxiety than people realize. Um, big groups, yeah, it, it can be, you know, uh, it's a hard thing. Uh, when is there, uh, when is it social anxiety as opposed to just shyness? I thought we, we could talk about that real quick. I think the moment that you start canceling plans, you start making your life smaller and you stop uh, doing certain things, that's, that's when we are getting into the realm of social anxiety, okay? When you actually, because there's that moment where you're like, I feel awkward, I don't want to go. But when you start to go, no, no, no to things, 
this is when I think we need to address it. So good for you for acknowledging that you feel, all right, this is starting to happen to me. So well done. Uh, Three symptoms of social anxiety. Um, The top ones are a fear of everyday situations with other people, excessive worry about embarrassment, uh, and an avoidance of social interaction that can trigger a fear response. Look, and this can be brought on by a lot of things, like things that happen in life. What I thought was interesting, too, is if you got really sick, any sort of chronic illness, they say this can bring on social anxiety. So very interesting. Treatments of social anxiety. This is just a general, okay? I'm always going to suggest, above all else, that you speak to a professional. BetterHelp is one that's online that I think I've heard a lot of people talking about lately. And so I want to give a shout out to that because that is a quick and efficient way of maybe trying therapy, dipping your toe in, or maybe finding the person that's right for you. So I always want to, talking to somebody who is an expert in regards to these things is the best way to deal with it. So cognitive behavioral therapy, there is guided self-help things that you can do that we'll chat a little bit. And then if you're really at a point after you talk to a professional, medication is always an option. I know nothing about that. I'm just saying those are the three general ways of addressing it. Okay. Uh, Another one though, that I thought of support groups. There's a lot of people out there with social anxiety. And I actually thought that's actually a really good group to be around is a bunch of other people who are afraid to be around a group of people. So go find a group of people who are struggling with this. And there are a lot of support groups. Anxiety UK, Health Unlocked Anxiety Forum, Mind, Young Minds, Social Anxiety UK. If you Google, you will find a lot of ways, okay? But things that we could do ourselves that might help us day to day. Uh, Learning some stress reduction skills. Look, we've talked a lot about things that we can do. Meditation, uh, mindfulness activities, anything like that. Breathing techniques. Obviously, look, sleep, diet, all these things they're going to say really help you. Avoid alcohol. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Limit or avoid caffeine. Caffeine can be a big one. And try to find some social situations by reaching out to people that you do feel comfortable with, okay? Um, Practice in small steps. I love that you've identified what it is that you think upsets you. It's, It's the more people. You like adventurous things, but it's doing it with a bunch of people. Well, you know what? You don't have to do it with a bunch of people. Choose a couple people. Maybe make it your goal that you're going to choose three people that you know that you would like to do something with. You set the pace for the steps in which you want to do things. Uh, Another technique that I saw was, okay, maybe go do something by yourself in an environment that you wouldn't normally do it. So let's say go out for lunch on your own and watch a movie while you go for lunch. I have often taken my phone because I'm on the road all the time and I'll watch a movie in an environment with people around me, but be in my own world. They're saying sometimes doing things like that can make you comfortable and help you find your boundaries. So that might be a nice way to start. Um, Techniques that you can have to talk to people that maybe try giving someone a compliment, right? A friend, even just someone in the office that you feel uh, comfortable with. Giving compliments, people love to hear nice things. It's a good way to be a bit social. Uh, If you're going into an environment where there's a bunch of people, I do this, prepare for conversations, okay? Uh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. All right. What is a news article that you've heard lately that you think is interesting? What is, uh, have you, has someone that you've recently known got a pet? Talk about, there's so many universal things. If not, Ask questions. 
People just want to talk about themselves at the end of the day. Let me tell you, you ask people about themselves, they'll get talking. They will think you're a great conversationalist just asking questions about them. All right? So that's a little trick as well when you're around people. Please remember that in your mind when you're going to that place that you're going to do something embarrassing or make a fool out of yourself, that is just you telling yourself that. I want you to stop. I want you to take a minute. This is where I'm going to encourage you journaling. Every time you start to have a panic attack about something you might do wrong in an environment, stop. And I want you to write down three alternative things that could happen. Maybe I'll meet someone new and it'll be a great time. Maybe we'll share a great joke, a wonderful laugh, and it'll be just three things that you can think of that maybe might happen in that situation instead of the negative place you're going to. This is brain training. These are the things that you can do on your own. But you do have to catch yourself. So it is all about the mindfulness. Uh, talk back to your negative thoughts. Like I said, listing positive things will, will help you to do that. Um, appreciate what you have. Be grateful when you're grateful. You'd be surprised about what you can talk about when you're grateful for things. For example, I was so excited to talk about making gingerbread cookies this past weekend. I had such a good time, and I was ready to share that story with everyone. Um, they saying spending time in nature, go for a walk on your own. Or, again, find that one person that you want to go for a walk with. Getting out of your house alone is an excellent way to just beat social anxiety. If you know somebody else who might be struggling with something like this, reach out to them because you're going to be doing them a huge favor as well. So sometimes finding that person with the same sort of things is, the excellent, uh, is an excellent step for both of you. Um, and I think essentially those are the things that I want you to think about. Just break down challenging situations into smaller parts. Prepare yourself. Try to focus on what people are saying rather than just imagining what they are thinking or what's going on in their head. Be in the moment. Listen to what people are saying to you. Uh, and remember, like I said, a lot of people want to talk about their lives. So all else fails, just ask people questions about themselves. But the more you just challenge yourself in little steps, the easier it will get. That is my advice for today. Uh, can I also mention uh, Every Mind Matters, which is from the NHS. And yes, yes. Uh, it's uh, a work. It's a whole work thing, isn't it? They give it? you a, a program. A they give you like a, uh, like a program to do and you can mention what's really bothering you. Anxiety is one of them. And then they'll give you steps to do on a weekly basis to try yeah. and deal with that. Anxiety. That's a bit like self-CBT, um, isn't it? Because that's yeah. essentially what they do in, yep. in cognitive behavioral therapy. Is trying and also to that's, break. that's free. You just look it up. Every Mind yeah. Matters, NHS. Yep. Brilliant. It, it was real easy to find it, too. It, if you're, yeah, if you're it was one UK. of the first things that popped up. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great advice. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting that we imagine that everybody is better at this sort of stuff than we are and that nobody has any social anxiety and that everybody is A-OK. And, and you know, there are people that are, of course there are people that are better at this, but I, I, I as I get older, I'm worse at it. I, I've, got, I've got worse because my small talk is non-existent. I, I just can't do it. I've got I've got talk or no talk and my small talk's gone. And I think those sorts of situations can make me feel anxious. I don't. That's why I, I sort of really avoid meeting people to shows and stuff, because I just don't have it in me. The small talky business. I, I'm just like, ah, I can't. And then I start to feel anxious. And then I, I don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm um, being grumpy or, or, or unapproachable or a bit of a dick. But it's just that sometimes I'm just I just don't have that. Those those skills aren't there, and I and I see people that are so good at it actually, and and can do the whole small talky business, and I can't. But I think you have to sort of, 
you have to also acknowledge the things that you're good at and the things that maybe you're not good at and, and say, do you know what? It's okay if I'm not necessarily brilliant at this. And here are some of the things I can do to make these things bearable. And then often it can, once you warm up, actually it's fine. It's just the the stepping into it, isn't it? But um, It's the creating as well in your head what you think it's going to be versus what it actually is, you know, the the anxiety of like, oh God, it's going to be so horrible when I have to do this. But then, yeah. Great advice, Alison. Thank you so much once again um, for your uh, Ask Alison section. And let us move forward. Let us trip this whole podcast on and find out what we have been observing on our visual screens. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. surprised that you're here i've just woken up and yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick i just want to point it's called being professional alison (laughs) (laughs) well i'm carrying on with this life which i am really enjoying it's finishing soon on uh, iplayer so if you want to watch it uh, you better do it quickly because but i I think it's great it's so funny though because it's so dated because you know they're using faxes and everyone's smoking the amount of smoking in offices all the lead characters are smoking, you know, you're just like, it's not even that old a show, but you're like, oh, how things have changed. Um, I actually followed Jen's advice for once. and started what? watching 11.22.63. To be fair, I did have quite a lot of time on my hands uh, this weekend to watch uh, television for some reason. <laughs> um, I have to say, I think the episodes are too long. I've only watched the one episode. It's They're too long. They could easily make them shorter. I don't know if they made it for like TV with adverts because it... Every now and then, like every 20 minutes or 30 minutes, it kind of ends and you think, oh, that would be a good ending to an episode. And then it kind of carries on again. And I was thinking, what's the problem? Because it, I didn't, I got kind of engrossed kind of two thirds in. I'm not sure I'd watch any more episodes, to be honest. And I think the main problem with this 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 series is you don't really know anything about the main character. It's it's He's he's a blank. All you know is he's he's kind of divorcing his ex-wife, who he still clearly likes. He's a very good teacher. Uh, English teacher, and that's really all you know about him. And so you're not really invested in this character at all. 
And, you know, and he goes back to, you know, to save JFK or whatever. And it's like, but no real reason is given for that. Because if somebody said to me, Maureen, you can go back in time, kill Hitler. I agree. Very good idea. But, you know, I'm not an assassin. Do you know what I mean? I don't have those life skills. And so it's like, what? and if, if you get a chance, if you look at Ministry of Time, um, which you can see in English on HBO, in Spanish on the RTVE website, they, have, they introduce about five characters, who, three of them who go back in time are agents. They all have a backstory. You all understand why they're doing what they're doing. You're all invested in these characters. They set up the Ministry of Time and they, they even have time for an actual story when they go back in time and, and stop time from changing. It's so well written. And I think this is the issue. You're just, I don't care about this character. What do you think, Jen? Yeah, it doesn't get better. I've watched the whole thing. I, I mean, I it's one of those series that you get to the end and you go, yeah, I don't need I mean, to bother I mean, with that. You're right, the production values are great. If you like um, 1950s outfits, you like 1950 classic cars, it's you have a field day. But don't you think it's right about the character? I just, I don't know if it gets better. I think it's, it's 60s, not... isn't it? 60s, sorry, yeah, 60s. Yeah, I think, you, yeah, I think you've nailed it on the head. Aside from the fact that... Um, someone said to me can you want to go back in time and do anything I'd say no thanks I'm all right <laughs> and then when he tells people he's come from the future no one's like what they're all like oh okay, okay that seems then. plausible, that seems plausible. <laughs> yeah it's um it's uh it's not good <laughs> so anyway we'd buy we recommend well our recommendation this week is something that's not really good so there you it go it got really really good <laughs> reviews Really good reviews. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got like on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. That's why I don't think ignore all that crap. But uh, across the board, it got really good reviews. James Franco was applauded on his incredible performance, which probably is incredible given that he has he was given F all to, to work with. Um, but yeah, I'd swerve that. Don't bother. Don't don't waste 10 hours of your life, which I did because I had so much time on my hands. Um, I watched The Watcher. Ooh. On Netflix, which is oh. a suspense, I suppose, kind of horror uh, series. It's not, there's no horror in it, just to warn you. It got absolutely panned, uh, critically, um, and uh, it was universally decided that it wasn't very good. I, on the other hand, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was okay. great. I thought it was great. It's really, it is quite hammy. It, it's quite over the top. It's... Um, you know, some of the script is, it's not great, you know, but by the same token, I was totally invested in the characters. I was invested in the story as implausible as it was um, and as absurd as, as absurd as the characters are. I, I absolutely binged it and I enjoyed every single episode and um, I would recommend it. It's a really fun, fun show. Look, it's it's not ever going to win any awards and you're, you're probably in three or four years' time not going to even remember you watched it. But I really enjoyed it and, um, uh, yeah, I thought it was really fun. And I thought, it, and I also I have had for many years a massive crush on Naomi Watts, so that always makes it very <laughs> fun for me. Um, cause that she's, helps. Yeah. she's in it, that always helps. But, um, yeah, it's great but awful. Which is on the flip side of, of was it is it twenty two eleven sixty three more in that season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which which was the reason why I started watching it because it was like everyone was raving about how great it was and you know I read some reviews and people were like this is the must see show of Amazon Prime and blah blah blah, and uh, I was like okay great I'll, and I like James Franco so yeah fine watch it, 
absolutely did not enjoy it at all. And then this show, the absolute polar opposite, fun. Alison, I think you'd enjoy it because it's so kitsch. It's right up your street. It's been on my list. So word on the street was great until the end. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, you know the, what? But yeah. That, but, yeah, but the end is crap. But, but I don't need a great ending. I don't need fine. a great ending. So to hear you say you enjoyed it, yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch it now. Yeah. But yeah. but literally, Alison, as soon as you start watching it, you know the ending is going to be crap. You just know it. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it, in fact... This is one of this. I'm going to say this. uh, I'm going to say this honestly. I don't think it matters that the ending isn't very good because the journey's great. Enjoy it. Top recommendation from Brista. Fantastic. I'm so excited to have a series to put on my iPad. I'm not even, I'm so excited because I was debating that. So good to know. Yes. People who like my style of movies, we're going to watch The Watcher now. Okay. Uh, My horror movie for this week. Okay, and it is a horror movie. Some people might argue psychological thriller, but because I'm always trying to just bait people to get into the world of horror, I'm putting this under horror. We're talking about social anxiety, okay, which made me think about, okay, what happens, you know, what's the ultimate, well, being agoraphobic, right, afraid to leave your house, boom, takes me back to Copycat, starring the fabulous Holly Hunter, uh, Sigourney Weaver, and Harry Connick Jr. Yes, Copycat is the story of a fantastic psychologist, uh, Sigourney Weaver. It is a riveting psychological thriller horror. Weaver is a forensic expert on serial killers who suffers a breakdown after one of her subjects tries to kill her. Harry Connick Jr. Hunter is an ambitious well, Harry cop Connick who tries Jr. to draw the psycho. Yes. Yes. He's well, a complete yeah, psycho in it. Yeah. Yes, Maureen. He plays a... W- it's fun. It's so fun. He's not singing then. Uh, no, no, absolutely it's not. not. That this kind is of why movie. it was. Yeah, he is a, a, a psychological killer. So Hunter is out of her self-imposed exile to help catch a murderer who is copying the work of other famous serial no. killers. Copycat. Loved it when I was young. Loved it at this age. It's just a good one, I think. Copycat. And I was like, yeah, that fits great into social anxiety because she really is struggling with. You know, the, the being able to leave her house. And I remember that was the movie that kind of taught me what uh, agoraphobia is. Um, you know, and I remember looking at her apartment and thinking, well, it's not that bad if you got an apartment like that. But uh, it is bad and it's hard and people suffer. So, you know, uh, but I <laughs> loved this movie. Copycat, great movie. I've always loved Sigourney Weaver. But yeah, Harry Connick Jr., I mean, that's what's going to make it fun for you, Maureen. Just wow. seeing you play an evil guy, you're like, what? Yeah, it it's great. It's, it's like a psychological thriller. It's it's uh, it's it's very no palatable for... No, no, no. There's no gore, but there is like attacks and like... Yeah, it's tense. You know, yeah, like, like shocks and yeah. things like that. Hey, yeah, Alice, yeah. me and Jenna decided that when I next go to her house, we're going to watch The Screaming together. No, it's not the screaming, it's the oh, shining. Oh, the shining, sorry. Yeah, dear God. <laughs> We're going to watch the screaming like, together. I've, yeah. I've never heard of the Edward screaming. Mudge, painter. painter. <laughs> yeah, ah. the, the scream. We're just going to watch the scream together. Um, Maureen probably will be screaming when we watch it. Yeah. Um, oh, but, she will but, the entire time. Yeah. It, Maureen decided we were watching that. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's only right that if you're going to watch a horror movie, it should be with me, but I will be wearing uh, earplugs. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I can't, I can't have that in my lug holes. Um, 
Alison, thank you very much for your horror recommendation. It, that seems to be a, Honestly, that's a broad yeah. church one that I think most people could get their teeth around. Uh, I don't know why you'd have your teeth around it, but you know what I'm talking about. And you can watch that, I believe, on Disney Plus if you own Disney Plus. There's a yes, stars. I saw it on Disney Plus. Of yeah. course, also Amazon Prime, like everything in the world. But, but yeah, Disney. Plus you can as rent well. it on Amazon yeah. Prime as well. Great, thank you so much, Alison. Let's go back over to Maureen Younger to find out what on earth she is screaming about. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. (laughs) Well, uh, this show is coming out on Armistice Day, which is the 11th of November. So I thought we'd do uh, First World War poetry. We've never done poetry on uh, on Cultural Corner. I have to say, I'm not a great poetry reader. I don't don't know about you two. I don't read a lot of poetry. But um, for those of you not from the UK, the First World War poets... um, it's really well known in in the UK, and um, it, you know, and some of the poetry, some of the famous poems, most famous poems in the UK. So I'm going to start off with a few of them. Uh, Rupert, Rupert, I think it's slightly skewered because a lot of poetry was actually quite pro-war, particularly at the beginning. And now that we tend to read all the poets that are, are you know kind of very negative about the war for obvious reasons so um it is a bit skewed not all the poetry was as as, as, as anti-war as we think it would be um rupert brooke is one of the, the like uh, he died very early on in the first world war and he's he's kind of a uh, people kind of talk about and discuss him because his poetry is quite uh patriotic but you know he was expressing a, a view that was really hard felt and you know when you go to war you do, tend, you know, if you look at um, Ukrainians are really good at this on social media. You know, you do glorify your soldiers and you do glorify war because you want you want people to fight for you. And so there's a very, I'm not going to obviously you'd be pleased I'm not doing the whole poem, but there's a very, you know, lines that you probably recognize. If you don't recognize the name, you will recognize his poem. If I should die, I think only this of me, that there's some corner of a foreign field that is forever England. That's quite a really one of the most well-known poems by him. So he was another uh, an example. Uh, Rudyard Kipling was very interesting. He at the time he was um, one of the most successful authors in Britain. He's not really read now because his work deals a lot with empire and imperialism, and it's not really that popular nowadays. Uh, <laughs> and he was very involved in propaganda. He wrote a lot of you know stories where you know soldiers were very heroic and you know glorified the war and everything and his own son couldn't get into the army because he had very bad eyesight he managed to pull a few strings because he was a very famous man and his son got killed uh, and it's really it's so sad he was like apparently last seen on that like, kind of no man's land he lost his glasses couldn't see where he was going with half his face missing just screaming in agony and i think they eventually found his body but um after that roger kipling's uh, poetry t- takes a very different bent um, and there's a very famous poem. It's from um, which you probably recognise. I think Jen, if you probably recognise it, it's, yeah, it's from Epitaphs of War. If any, if any question why we died, tell them because our fathers lied. Which is quite yeah, it's quite. A, if you go to somewhere like the Imperial War Museum, or if you go to any any museum where they have like a section on the First World War, which a lot of these. Like I think it, you know, I I went to the I was saying this tomorrow and I went to the museum that's at New Haven, which right. which was a, a big um, fortress which was built, um, I believe, for the First World War. It, it actually was never used; they never used it. But anyway, they, there was a bar- there's a barracks there, and men were stationed there even if it wasn't used, you know, as a an actual fortress. Uh, anyway. That's aside the point, but they have it. Yeah, they have it all there. They had the war poetry there, and they had um, Rudyard Kipling's original poem that he put out pre-war, um, in to to encourage men to fight. 
and then after his son died, the, the poem that he put out after his son died. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's quite, it's really, it's really heart, yeah, heartbreaking. Are, I mean, there's an argument that he's, he's actually having a go at himself, but there's also an argument that he was actually, when he's talking about the, he's talking about the top brass, because he was, he was actually, even before his son was killed, he was very annoyed about, he didn't think they'd learnt the lessons from the Boer War, and he, and they were managing the war very badly. And as we've got um, Alison, I've got a Canadian, I don't know if you know him, John McRae? Apparently he's very well known. Do you know that? In Flanders Fields. Oh, yeah, the poppy slave between yeah, the yeah, crosses, yeah. row by four, that makes her great. And so, yeah, 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 yeah. So that is, I think that's a real famous poem in Canada, and he's, he's very well celebrated there. The three most famous poets, I think, from the First World War, which are, are worth reading, um, Robert Graves... And he wrote a really good autobiography called Goodbye to All That, which deals with the war. Um, he was really good friends with Siegfried Sassoon, who's probably the most, who at the time was the most famous person there. Um, and they were both in the Welsh Fusiliers, which, funny enough, we went to visit their museum at Carnarvon Castle just this we weekend. Did. We did. Very, yeah. If you're into military museums, I'm not sure many of our listeners are, uh, it's a very it's, good military it, museum. Do you know what? Really it's good really, museum. really good museum. I, I, I genuinely, I could have spent a yeah. lot longer there. But we yeah, we had time. to leave it because we, we had to get a train. But it was a very, very good museum. And Siegfried Sassoon was, um, and he's, Siegfried Sassoon, I mean, he's just, um, this, he's got such good poems uh, and he doesn't doesn't mess about. I mean, I'm just going to read one of the, just a little bit of the first one. Does it matter losing your legs? For people will always be kind. And you need not show that you mind when the others come in after hunting to gobble their muffins and eggs. I mean, you know... Uh, and he's got one about women, you know, like how women, you know, you love us when we're heroes, home and leave, or wounded in a mentionable place. And that is so true, because if you look at a lot of historical dramas, you know, the, the, the man comes back from the war, but he's always got a bit of a wound in his leg. He has a limp for the first two episodes and he forgets it. Doesn't have he, half he's his never face missing, missing an arm, or half his face yeah. is missing. It's always a, you know, that kind of glorifying the war. And there's another one, Base Details, where he just basically says all the officers are at the back while they send the young men to die. And then he sent a letter to his commanding officer um, criticising the fact that the war was carrying on and the government couldn't do anything about it because he was famous, he was a war hero, he'd won military service cross, so they put him in a mental hospital and just said he's got shell shock. And then he, he decided on his own volition to go back. He went back, He went back. He went back by one of his men. Yeah, because he didn't want to leave his men in, in the lurch. And then perhaps the most famous poet now, who wasn't that famous at the time, was Wilfred Owen, who unfortunately died exactly a week before the end of the war. And he's got uh, Anthem for Doomed Youth is one of his um, well-known ones. And also uh, probably the most famous uh, poem of all, Dolce Decorum Est, Pro Patria Mori, which is his sweet and, and glorious to die for our country. And it's just, it's brilliant. Um, I'm just going to read the first line or two. Bent double, like old beggars under sacks. Knock need, coughing like hags, we curse through sludge. That's just the opening lines. And he, he, he depicts somebody who doesn't get his gas mask on time and is basically dying slowly and horrifically of, of gas. Drowning. Yeah. Drowning in his own blood. And it's so evocative. It's really visceral. And then at the end, he goes, you know, that old lie, Dolce decorum est pro patria mori. Um, so if you want to, I, I would totally, even though I'm not a big fan of poetry, I think it really there's a poetry is a way of depicting things on a visceral level that it's very hard for for, for I think prose to do, and it's they're definitely worth a read. There's um which is what I've got uh, the First World War War poetry by Penguin. I would recommend that, and there's there's different ones as well from German writers as yeah. well. Yes, you can get that at wherever you buy your books. You can also if Local you want to just shop. read a, a a couple of 
poems and you just want to see if you like it, they are online. You can, not a whole book of them, but you can pick up a couple of the poems from Wilfred Owen and Siegfried Sassoon in particular online. And Robert Graves, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maureen, thank you very much for the, your um, Maureen's Moments Corner. Oh, I've, I've lost it. I don't know what I'm talking about. But you Boston know what I'm talking about. Thank you. That's the one. Okay. So, but what's exciting is we've talked about a lot of things. And uh, normally we would want to know what the hell got Jen's goat, but uh, we had a Jen moment. So we want to know what the hell's getting Maureen's goat. I don't want to lose my shit over... Th- okay, this is it. Right. Jen's goat is happening now. <laughs> Well, apart from infrastructure from North, from North Wales, I'll tell you what really gets my goat is people playing their music out loud on public transport. That should be made a capital... That should be made a capital crime. I don't care. should be made a capital crime. Bloody stop it. It's really annoying. They always play shit music. It's like music yep. shit. What the... Have you not got... I mean, I remember once being on a train, these two girls were playing their music out loud. I went, have you not got headphones? I went, that's a bit rude. I said, yeah, because playing your music is a height of good manners. I said, this is not me being rude, mate. Put your headphones on. And they put the headphones on and this woman opposite me went, thank you very much. But yeah. it was like, why? Why is it acceptable now to play your bloody music out loud? It is absolutely annoying. I think they should be kicked off public transport. If you play your music out loud, the bus driver or the, the, the guard has got the right to just throw you off the train or throw yeah. you off the bus. Yeah, not just asking to moving. leave. Who you cares? should be literally picked up and thrown off. I'm 100% behind it's that because that's so, what I feel like doing to them. It's so it's so selfish. It's like, why are you not... Everyone's got headphones. Just get some headphones. Why do you think it's okay? Why do you think it's acceptable to play your music out loud, you twat? Also, I I'd be embarrassed. Girl. Why aren't you embarrassed? Oh, to know. That? I'd it, be so embarrassed about playing that music out loud. I'd be like, oh, God, in, I... You know, I'm entitled to. It's that individualism. I don't know. It's just, I remember telling one guy off and I thought, actually, it's going to, he looked a bit dodgy. I was like, I probably should shut my mouth. Um, and then he went, and he actually had his headphones on, but the music was so loud. You could still, all you could hear was a, mm, 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 mm. do you know what I mean? It's just, um, my only consolation is they're going to go deaf at some point when they do that. But um, it's just so annoying. I have got out of carriage. Uh, there was like once these guys and they just, and I was like, don't get angry more. And I just got into another carriage because I just thought, I'm just going to lose it otherwise. But it is so annoying. Like, you've got a carriage, you sit down, you're all happy, and then you've got some twat sitting opposite you. I don't think you're going to get anyone disagreeing with you, Maureen. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. I think that's a universal, absolutely horrifically yep. irritating thing. The second someone's doing it, I am already... Uh, just lots of visual images of me slamming their head into a window. Um, I, I, absolutely. It's so obnoxious and inconsiderate and entitled and it, just beyond rude. It's like, who the hell do you think you are? Why do you think we want to listen to whatever the fuck you want to listen to? Who who, who do you think you are? Yeah, the audacity of it. Yeah, I'm tempted to sing out loud. I mean, I can't sing, so I'm tempted to sing Scottish folk songs just to annoy them. I think that helps. Yeah, <laughs> in their ear, sit next to them and sing to them. And then they'll go, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, when you switch your music off, I'll I'll stop stop singing. Yeah. I did that one. I kind of did that once with a guy. I was going on the bus to Manchester. It was like £1.50 return, you know. So I was like, and we got as far. It takes you about an hour to get from Victoria to Golders Green. So you're not even out of London yet. And this guy was on the phone for the whole, and I thought, I'm not putting up with this for five hours. Uh, So I got out a book, German book, 
and just started reading out loud from the German book because German's slightly annoying for people who don't speak German. Reading really out loud. And he looked at me and I went, well, you're talking out loud. What's the problem? And he got off the phone. Wow. I mean, you've got it, boring. Whatever it is, you have it. <laughs> you have it. Um, Maureen, thank you for your goat. Um, I, think I think that's actually, a universal goat. Yeah, It's a universal goat. It seems like you and I could easily switch at any time. Um, <laughs> don't know how that's more worrying that. for you, Jen, than it is for me. It's, it's, quite, it's quite disturbing for me, actually. Um, <laughs> this show's a bit topsy-turvy, but that's because our weeks have been topsy-turvy. Life isn't linear. Okay, things we're gonna switch this shit up. Okay, and you've got to get used to it. This isn't don't expect anything from WTB because we are three maverick middle-aged women and you you don't know what's happening. Okay, so don't anticipate a goddamn thing. But we'll, we'll it's the same we'll be the same next week though, won't it, guys? Yeah, yeah, we'll be but back next same. week. Well, please keep listening. Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTB, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Oh, you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that did. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.